It's 11 a.m. on Friday, and you know what that means. You're listening to TNT in the mornings on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr. And I'm Thomas Lynn Murphy. Lock in and join us in talking all things sports from the Plains and around the SEC every Friday at 11 a.m. right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Got a busy week here on TNT in the morning. Coach Johnny Harris got her first win at the helm of the Auburn women's basketball program. Auburn women's soccer falling in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And Auburn football suffered an embarrassing loss at the hands of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. You're listening to TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Like I said, busy week, so don't y'all go anywhere. We'll be right with you. Welcome back. Welcome back. Exciting week here on TNT in the morning. I low-key think that uh, for like half a second, my intro was not on the air, so I had to do the call tag again. But I got it. I, I caught it right before I said the Coach J. So we're good. Like, we're, we're good. Yes. What's another week without A technical issues. difficulty here on <laughs> TNT in the morning. What can you do about it? I'm joined as always. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr. Joined as always by Thomas Lynn Murphy, my co-host. And it feels like uh, what's becoming our third co-host. So this might have to become TNT and T. Dylan Lark, welcome back on the show, buddy. Good to have you. Good to be here. I love TNT and T in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's it's always a good time to have a full house in here. Hey, we're missing out on Jake Gonzalez. He's getting a haircut um, because he wants to look sharp for our endeavors on behalf of Eagle Eye TV in Columbia, South Carolina this weekend. So if you're going to be in Columbia, make sure to shoot us a tweet at TNT in the AM. We can maybe link up, get some fan photos. That is such a joke. I'm so sorry I even said that on live air, but. <laughs> Definitely do hit us up with food suggestions because that is something that um, we will always appreciate and take. So, moving into sports. First off, happy Friday. Um, day before Thanksgiving break, if you're a student listening here in Auburn, Alabama, coming to you live from our student, uh, studio in the Melton Student Center. It is Friday, November 19th, guys? Yeah? Yep. Look at me, even knowing the date and everything. Last day before Thanksgiving break, a lot of students have already given themselves a Thanksgiving break based on my morning classes. It looks like a lot of folks <laughs> headed out of town last night. Wishing everybody safe travels to both the students and their families and those in the lovely Lee County community in the range of WEGL. So, first things first, I want to take care of this one uh, before we're going to talk about soccer. But I want to personally um, extend a congratulations and an invitation um, to Auburn women's basketball coach Johnny Harris. Um, congratulations on your first win uh, at the helm of the Auburn women's basketball program. Big win over uh, Alabama State University. You know, 45 minutes out of town. I wouldn't say rivals, but it's always fun to be the team in state. So congratulations to her. Um, honestly, Scott, Gr Scott Grayson's back on a war path. But I wanted to extend the invitation. If Coach Harris is somehow listening to Weagle 91.1 FM, and I'm going to shoot her and Wes an email, we'd love to have Coach Harris, Coach A on the show. For sure. First, um, like, special guest, too. Yes. Uh, would be very excited um, to get the opportunity to talk about her let's get to work mentality, which, by the way, that's a great hashtag. Um, hashtag let's go to work or is it let's let's get to work which is, which one is it either way i think it's like some you can substitute yeah, them right? yeah, yeah it's regardless regardless i love it um i think she's done a great job the recruiting class i mean top 20 in the country in your first year speaking volumes she's a proven winner and uh, auburn's ba women's basketball sitting at one and two getting ready to let's face the facts probably get a real taste of uh some serious competition on sunday when they go to mccamish pavilion in atlanta georgia my old stomping grounds guys uh back at Georgia Tech, Georgia Institute of Technology, where they will take on the number 18 Lady Lady Jackets. Probably going to be a tough one. Who knows? Maybe it won't be. Um, but for Auburn women's basketball, definitely a good sign. Uh, and, and, and good for Coach Jay to finally get that win under her belt. 
So, yep. in other news about special guests, I would like to go ahead and plug this um, tentative date. Don't know when yet. We were talking about this before we got on the show. Um, TNT in the morning is going to be joined here in the coming weeks, possibly this late this semester. We're getting kind of close to finals time, and I don't really want to ask him to come on during Christmas break, maybe after the first of the year. I yeah. think it's a good tentative. Uh, we'll be joined by Rick Smith, PA announcer and the voice of Jordan Hare Stadium. So he'll probably get on and say something to the effect of, good morning and War Eagle. Um, <laughs> that was a disrespect to Rick's voice because he is phenomenal at his job, and he's a great teacher. Moving on, um, we've kind of been all over the place. Sorry, guys, my ADD is really, really on <laughs> one this morning. Going <laughs> to go ahead and let uh, Thomas Lynn, you got the soccer in front of you? Uh, I don't right now. I do, um, if you want me to cover that. Uh, Auburn women, uh, women's soccer, I guess I can just say Auburn soccer because there's not a men's program here at Auburn University. Fell in the first round. Um, if you want to pull the stats, I'll just give the gist, gist of it, Thomas Lund. Gotcha. Um, fell in the first round, 2-0 uh, versus in-state foe Samford. Mind, mind you, this was at home here on the Plains, and Auburn had defeated Samford 2-1. to one. Is that what we said last week? Yeah. 2-1 uh, yeah, to one in the regular season. So... You know, not the way you want to end the season. No, and uh, they started off strong. It was tied at halftime, zero all. But Sanford, sixteen to three, they had a they had a really good year. And Auburn actually put up more shots than San than Sanford. They put up fifteen total shots to Sanford. I saw that. Six. I saw that. That's a. I mean, tip of the hat to Sanford's goalie, correct? Yeah, uh, she had four saves compared to Auburn's two. Wow. So Sanford didn't score till the 60th minute. Then they scored in the 76. So, well, uh, here's the here's the silver lining for Auburn soccer fans. I feel like we're gonna say silver lining a lot today. By the way, guys, <laughs> we, we we're gonna say silver lining a lot. But um, the the positive outlook is you still got the spring season. This team was significantly better than anybody anticipated it to be this year. I think Coach Hoppe did a great job. There's no question about whether or not she's the leader here at Auburn. Should she want to, you know, continue to be the leader? And I don't think she's anywhere near the end of a contract. So I, uh, I think that Auburn women's soccer in great shape. Moving over from women's soccer, I don't remember Thomas Lynn. This is my fault. Yes, okay. So this the the Auburn men's men's basketball team uh, played and I guess thumped ULM is a good way to put it. Yeah, they they look kind of how I thought they should look. Uh, uh Friday after our show last week. Yep. So. Auburn men's basketball under the you know head coach Bruce Pearl and everyone's the building hype the hype is real about Jabari Smith. I yeah, mean that kid's insane. good. It kid's crazy. Better enjoy him while you can because he <laughs> is gone after this year. One and oh, done. Yeah. But we got a little time to talk about this. Um, we're we're talking about how if you're just now joining us, the Auburn men's basketball program is kind of I'm going to go and say it producing habitual one and dunce. Um, and uh, let me preface this by saying Auburn's on the correct track this year. I think that's all established. We all talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Ceiling's very high for this, and we'll go ahead and honestly, I'm cool giving a little score projection for the USF game at the end of this little block if that's cool with yeah, you. We, cool. we can do some basketball pickums. I mean, heck yeah, I'm all for college basketball. Dylan, I'm interested in your take. You see these blue bloods, these Dukes, Kentuckys, Kansas, you name it. Uh, those are the guys, the, the, the squads that come to mind producing these one and duns. I, for one, think. That having one and done in your programs typically a good sign. Thoughts? It is. I'm not typically one to support one and duns. I think that they should probably stay more than one year. I, I like it in football how it's not one and duns. I feel like that, I, but I think that they just go straight to the G League as soon as they get drafted if they're not like those top five picks. I feel like there should be more than one year they, they do at least. But I mean, it's a good sign whenever you do produce those one and duns because it means your program's good enough that they can 
make it to the NBA easier that way. Right. I was looking more more or less from the cultural cultural standpoint at the at the oh, program. Yeah. But you bring up a good point. Um, Thomas Lynn thoughts on. Do you think that that falls on? Uh, I'm personally for go get your go get your bag for, la- for less of a better less of a better term. You never know. You could go tear an ACL the next year. Um, I, I personally don't have a ton of problem with the one and done. I wouldn't be mad if they changed it to a two year, if, if they allow kids to start jumping from high school. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of disagree with both of those. Okay. So, so my thing is, I will say, college basketball better be very thankful that the NCAA passed this NIL deal. Oh, tremendously. Because if not, the NBA and the G League would just completely take over college basketball. But they finally passed it, so now players can go to college and get paid. But my argument is, I mean, I, the difference between college basketball and like college football right into the pros is like, a player coming out of high school football is not built and ready for physically the NFL level. Right, and I think we all agree that three years is a good rule, good good policy. Yeah, basketball oh, yeah. is completely different to where a complete standout in high school, like LeBron, Carmelo, those players back then. You're looking at Mikey Williams now. Even now, if if Chet Holgren, Jabari Smith, if they the rule could, wouldn't have applied, Lamelo Ball. Yeah, they could have gone to the NBA out of high school and still made a pretty big impact and I wouldn't say they'd start and be as good as they are now but it they'd progress and they would do just fine but for the college programs I mean you look at Kentucky they've won one national championship under coach Cal and a couple other final four appearances definitely should have have should have at least two right but that's what you get when you're recruiting these one and done top 10 15 players in the country you're gonna get a ton of these one and done players in college basketball, if you're gonna, if you want to win a championship, it's team based. It's not player based. It doesn't matter how talented the team is. You, you look at the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA; they're not doing anything because, well, there's too much star talent on the team. That there does get to a point where there's too much star talent. Yeah. Oh yeah. The only way, the only reason it worked for the Golden State Warriors is because they were team based. It didn't matter who how much a person, single person was scoring and whatnot, they're going to feed them and work the ball around and stuff. And that's what you have to do in college basketball. It doesn't matter what stars the players are, what their rankings are, but it's it's team-based. So more times than not, the winner in the national championship and the teams that make it to the Final Four, like in Auburn in 2019, are those teams that have those seniors and juniors that have been playing for years, and their star player will be that five star freshman or whatever. But it it takes it it takes a couple years of chemistry to build up to be national championship level. But I'm all for getting these top recruits. I mean it's fun to watch. But I wouldn't and I think it's good for recruiting. Yeah, oh it's very good for, for recruiting. I mean I mean I don't think that's a statement of I think I think it's a statement of we know it's yeah, good right. for recruiting. Yeah, because they know that they can come to Auburn and get to the NBA and it helps them now that a lot of NBA prospects have Auburn on their targets for places to go to watch players. I'm gonna initiate. We don't. We can't do a call to action on uh, on 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 you know public radio on nonprofit radio. But I'm going to encourage listeners of TNT in the morning. I would be very interested and would love to hear feedback on someone that could challenge me when I say, "Give me a coach that does a better job of manipulating." Recruits, not manipulating, but you know, organ- organizing, orchestrating is the right word. I think orchestrating high caliber recruits 
working the transfer portal and developing his guys and finding that perfect remedy. Because if you take out last year, and I, I don't want to make the excuse about the COVID year because I think we beat that horse, but you know what I mean. If if Shreve Cooper can play all year, we I think we all agree, probably drastically different um, record showing, regardless of the postseason ban. Throw that out, right? Yeah. <clears throat> you, you throw out 2020. I think Bruce Pearl has established Auburn as a as a culture and a program that is going to build their group around their guys and then plug in all-star talent and also work the tra- uh, transfer portal to also plug into places that they need. I encourage anyone that's curi- that has another example of that, that a coach that does it better, I don't think you can say Calipari. I don't think you can say Coach K. I'm not calling Bruce Pearl the best coach in the history of college basketball. I'm not doing that. Because Coach, Cal, uh, Coach K is still very much alive. And I, I think he's one of the greatest to do it. But I'm, I'm saying right now, find me someone you'd rather lead your, your program than Bruce Pearl. He's a player's coach. And that's what everybody wants. I mean, that's why Sharif Cooper came to Auburn. Is He watched Jared Harper, another Atlanta native, go and just play free shoot when he wants, whenever he wants, and the coach doesn't yell at him. So, like, you know how many times playing basketball growing up, you take a bad shot, you get scolded on by the head coach. Yeah. Bruce Pearl doesn't do that, and that is what makes him unique, and that's why players love him and want to come to Auburn. We have any – you have any idea, USF's record? I should know this, but I haven't looked. Um, I was, I've been getting prepped. Two and one. Two and one. Okay, so, I mean, decent program, American Conference. Uh, was there one loss of blowout? Do you know? I do not. Okay. Uh, it's, you, you don't have to look. It's not that big a deal. Um, good test for Auburn this week. Um, it's always good to, to, to face opponents in non-con for the sole purpose, in my opinion, of you get a wide variety of different schemes of basketball before you get to conference play. So you see a lot of different play styles. Their loss was to Georgia Southern by 12. Okay. Georgia Southern also not a bad basketball team, by the way. No. Um, so let's go ahead, and we've got we'll, – we're kind of going to push to a commercial here in a second, but – Let's just have, let's just for fun. Um, let's 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 give some score projections for this weekend. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say 81 to uh, 81 to 72 Auburn. Okay. I'm gonna say 85 to 60. Let's. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little conservative here. I'm gonna say 78 to 61. Yeah, and see, this is Auburn's like first kind of like bigger game rather than playing. Southern Indiana, Moorhead State, and ULM. But it's also their warm-up game as they head to the Bahamas uh, this week and play UConn on Wednesday in Atlantis. Also, if you're looking at the – the you mentioned the battle for Atlantis. Uh, the UConn, Michigan State, Loyola, Chicago, Arizona State, Baylor, Syracuse, VCU, that's the field. There are a lot of teams you could lose to, but there's also a lot of teams I think Auburn could beat. So next week's going to be a really good gauge. And, and we'll talk on Black Friday for our Iron Bowl, special Iron Bowl edition, um, well, I will at least, about Auburn's possibilities once we really get a firm yeah, grasp. That's when we'll first know how good this team is. We're talking Auburn basketball. You're hanging out right here with us on TNT in the morning on Weagle 91.1 FM. We're going to take a two-minute break for a couple of PSAs, and we'll be right back with you. We're going to hop into probably Auburn football. Maybe we'll talk a little more Auburn basketball. Who knows? Tweet at us what you want to hear, and we'll talk about it. We'll see you guys here on the other side of the break. Your- Welcome back. Welcome back, TNT in the morning. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr, joined, as always, by Thomas Lynn Murphy and our good friend, your boy, The Tank. Yeah. <laughs> 
Dylan Lark. Dylan's got a couple of stats for us real quick. And just to wrap up our segment of general Auburn news, which has been bouncing off the walls all over the place. I'm sorry, guys. I am very excited to get to Columbia. Very, Even more excited to be here on week 91.1 FM now. How long of a draw visit to Columbia? Really haven't thought it out. We're stopping by and getting some lunch with my, my parents. Get to see them a little bit for, uh, before I come home for the rest of the break. Um, so we're going to go drop off Jake's car and consolidate to one and then head to Columbia, which I think is about three from my house. That's so it'll bad. probably be a total of five hours today, but uh, that's not too bad. Won't be bad. Cam Newton made his return to the Carolina Panthers, return to the NFL on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals, which a fun stat that was pointed out to me by Caleb Jones. I know it was over a lot of different places, but it was pointed out to me by Caleb Jones. Cam Newton made his first NFL start in Arizona against the Cardinals and won the BCS championship with the Auburn Tigers at that same stadium. So, Dylan, how did uh, how did Cam do? I know that uh, he said he didn't. He did. You know, the assumption is he doesn't know much of the playbook, but he said he knew two touchdowns worth. Oh yeah, uh, Cam threw four passes, completed three of them for eight yards and a touchdown, which was a two-yard pass to Robbie Anderson. He also had three carries for fourteen yards and a touchdown, which he scored on like a. Like a design QB draw, which that's mostly what Cam ran anyways. That's fine. Uh, good, uh, solid return for Cam Newton and presumptive starter on Sunday, right? Oh, yeah. He is taking first-team reps right now, and, I mean, everyone pretty much knows he's going to be the starter. P.J. Walker's a decent backup. Nowhere near a good starter. All right, so if you're listening, you heard it right here from your boy The Tank, Dylan Lark. Basically what Dylan's saying is if you're an Auburn fan listening to Weagle 91.1 FM, it's time to break those Carolina Cam jerseys back out of the closet and not feel weird when you wear them. I mean, it wasn't weird if you wear it around Auburn. I mean, everyone everyone here loves Cam. That's fair. You know, that's the good thing about being fat as a kid. I can still fit into my Cam jerseys from when I was in fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're going to move on from that subject. Okay. Uh, speaking of football, perfect segue. We're going to get to some Auburn football, and this one's hard to talk about if you're a fan of Auburn football, if you're an analyst of Auburn football, if you're a fan of football, there's no fun way to talk about this game unless you're a fan of Mississippi State. Even then, I don't even know if it's that fun um, for the sole factor of what if I told you? What if I told you that a team, that an Auburn Tigers team put up 28 points in the first half? First off, you, this year in 2021, you'd probably tell me to pinch you because you wouldn't believe me. What if I told you they were up 28 to 3 at one point? What if I told you they went into the locker room 28-10? to 10? And then I proceeded to tell you that they ended this game on the losing end of a 43-34 contest. I don't know. It's been, what, six days since that game now? Yeah, it's been a long six days. I don't know if I can put into words the abysmal failure that occurred at Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday. Uh, there's a lot of news that goes along with this, and we're going to make sure to cap that at the end of the segment uh, in terms of injuries and what to expect because we're going to segue into next segment previewing what's become a, I'm going to say, massive game against the University of South Carolina, I, in, my, in my humble opinion. First and foremost, Derek Mason, what are we doing, man? I mean, what are we doing? Bringing three-man pressure pretty much the whole game against an air raid offense, I understand dropping back and respecting the, the pass. I'm even okay with giving them dump-off passes. If you are an Auburn fan, you have every right to be outraged this week. There is zero excuse, zero reason that Auburn should have allowed 
Will Rogers to absolutely torch them in the second half. But he had enough time to write a semi-long book while he was sitting in the pocket. I watched on five separate occasions from my seat towards the top of the stands, Thomas Lynn. I watched Will Rogers go through all five of his checkdowns. On the same drive. Yeah. He had that much time. I don't... I, I think I, I have to start... I, I think the place that we do start is with the defensive... Failure is the only word I can come up with. Yes. Yep. That was it. Thoughts from you, Thomas Lynn, because I'm... I mean, this is going nowhere quickly with me because I'm... I'm not... Obviously, I, I, I withhold fandom. Um, as a fan of the game... Oh my gosh, how bad was that to watch? Yeah, it goes back, and I've been somewhat saying it since the third game of the year in Happy Valley against Penn State is we Auburn needs to somewhat start looking in a different direction from Derek Mason because the same thing happened against Penn State. Sean Clifford went 28 of 32 because Auburn rushed three the entire game and let him sit back there and had no quarterback pressure. And then the same thing happened again in this game. And the only reason that Auburn lost was because of that defense. I mean, Auburn put up 28 points. Well, that's not the only reason. The stall on offense didn't. The, the stall on offense, yes. But you, you can't do that to your offense. And Rush 3 gave Mississippi State all the momentum in the world. And Will Rogers threw two incompletions in the second half. Went 44 of 55. For 415 yards and a school-tying record six touchdowns against the Auburn defense. In the first half, only had 10 points. You, you can't do that. Tank, I'd love to hear your take. Uh, you can go game as a whole if you want. Oh. Well, I look at strictly at the fact that we got caught looking ahead to South Carolina, it looks like. It looks like we were up. 18 and a half, and people watching the game pretty much know, and people who know the game probably thought that Mississippi State kind of scored that last touchdown of the half a, a little, little too easily. easily. So, and you know, with Mike Leach, we talked about him a lot on my show, he's never out of the game. No matter how down never. he is, he's never. never out of the game until that game is over. Nope. We got complacent with that 18 point lead, played too conservative. To start off the half, when you play against an SEC team, you need to keep your foot on the gas pedal until you know that you've won the game. Even then, keep it on the entire game. I was disgusted by the fact that our secondary was just obliterated. It, I, I've been a big anti uh, only run man the entire game, but. They were doing it again, running some zone too, but the zone was not working. I don't think you should ever look at an SEC team and rush three, ever. Ever, no, period. No, never. And I mean, if you, if, I don't know if you heard what Smoke Monday said before the game. Uh, I think he said it like Monday of last week. He was saying that we're going to show them why we're the best secondary in the nation. Hmm, and he pretty funny. much showed why we're probably like maybe not even top ten in the SEC besides Roger McCreary. And they haven't been good all year. They Correct. Really, they really haven't. And no. let, let's let's look to the flip side of the ball for a second here, because I want I want to talk about this before we get to some injuries and we go to commercial. Yes, the defensive breakdown was 
pathetic. That's what it was. It was pathetic. And I I think we've questioned on this show. I'm not sure if you have on Tank Talks Football. Not that I can recall, Dylan. But we've questioned Derek Mason the entirety of this year. Oh, yes. Tank Bixby on the offensive side of the ball. Tank Bixby rushed, had 16 carries for 41 yards, averaging 2.6 yards per touch. Jarquez Hunter had four touches for 12 yards, averaging th- you know cool three even. Those numbers are not going to get the job done. No. I understand this offensive line is a work in progress. I get it. I do. If you don't have a run game, you got to find some other ways to make one. Because when you're rushing for, I, I saw some of, what was the bizarre stat? The Mississippi State was giving up next to a million rushing yards a game. If you can't find success, if you find only 106 yards worth of success against Mississippi State, you might have a problem with your scheme. Yeah. Inexcusable. It's that simple. Jarquez Hunter, four touches. Inexcusable. Unless he's hurt and I don't know. I have a lot of questions for a lot of coaches, and this rolls into the injury portion. Uh, Bo Nix goes down with an ankle injury. We find out later it's a broken ankle. He's had, thankfully, since then had surgery and is going to be okay. We don't want anybody to get hurt. No. And that, that's, you know, safety is number one priority. Don't want anybody to get hurt ever. That happened in the middle of the third quarter, and I've seen a lot this week about Bo Nix playing through its tough as nails, and, and, and it is. That is, oh, that yeah. is grit. But I, I have a serious question for Brian Harson and Mike Bobo. You see him on the sideline? He's hobbling. Probably. I understand the grit factor. I understand even the adrenaline rush of I'm in the middle of a game, even if it's not close yet. I'm in the middle of a game, like I'm the leader. And that's fine. I get it. I'm not faulting Bo Nix. But when you know that the fundamental piece of your offense is not capable of fulfilling his job, which, by the way, he still had a touchdown drive. Uh-huh. Another example of grit. But still, if you know that you're injured, that your centerpiece of your, of your offense is injured, why do you not make a move to try out a substitution? See, I somewhat disagree on that because I think uh, injured Bo Nix, and that was before he like, really got injured and just couldn't do it anymore is better than a fully healthy T.J. Finley. In my well, we're about to find out. We are about to find out. Um, but also <clears throat> think Auburn got a little complacent in the second half. They started trying to run the ball more, and the run game was not there. It was not working. And Bo Nixon, that passing game, was clicking on all cylinders in the first half, and they kind of got away from it a little bit in the second half. They would run the ball on first and second down, get nothing, then it's third and long and have to throw the ball when I think they should have run the ball first down and then throw it because it was working. They they were uh, The receivers were getting open in the zone. Bo was throwing great passes. Uh, you, you understand I'm not faulting Bo here. No, no, no. But I, I don't know. I'll have to go back and look, too, and see, like, how was Bo playing once he got hurt the first time and was he hobbling and stuff to really critique Mike Bobo and the decision not to take him out. But we're going to find out this week and see how good T.J. Finley really is starting for the first time, which also his first start at LSU as a true freshman came against South Carolina. Sure did. Um, 
Other notable injuries to the Auburn Tigers, uh, Kobe, uh, Kobe Hudson, uh, correct? Yes. Demetrius Robertson, I think, is hurt, too. Demetrius Robertson. Uh, Kobe Hudson definitely has a concussion. We've not heard much word on it this week, but there's no way he's not concussed, right? Okay, clear targeting. Or... Uh, correct. Uh, torn ACL from starting kicker uh, Anders Carlson. This will be the first time since 2014. 13. 13. That a kicker with the last name not Carlson will kick for the Auburn Tigers. Last time that happened was Cody Parkey. Yep. Okay. So – a lot of differences. We're going to be talking about them in the next portion of TNT in the morning after we come back from another two-minute PSA break. We'll be right back with you. Don't turn that dial. Well, I can't say you can't, but we'd prefer if you didn't turn the dial. Make sure you stay locked in right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. We'll be right back with you. Happy Friday. Welcome back to TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. For those of you who were closely paying attention to their radio during the break, you may have got a little... TNT in the morning bonus action when we were playing musical chairs here in the studio since we are now joined by our good friend and Eagle Eyes Director of Sports Production, Jake Gonzalez. Slightly into what we're doing. Yeah, well, I didn't have you on the air, so nobody heard you, so it's okay. <laughs> All right, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Director of Sports Reporting yeah, of Eagle, yes. at Eagle Eye TV. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Yeah. Man, I am on one with the board today, man. Holy cow. I might just get Dylan to start running this for us. I am struggling. Before we get into Auburn versus South Carolina and everybody's favorite segment of the show, we're going to talk about everybody's second favorite segment of the show, which is our seasonal flavor, if you will. Um, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade rocks, guys. And you guys can't tell me otherwise. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. It's just time killer until football starts. You guys don't enjoy the parade? Well, Absolutely not. No. Does, what? Does anyone who's not an old woman or a child enjoy the parade? I do. Unless you're at it, I guess. I enjoy the parade. It's one of those things to where, like, <clears throat> I enjoy it being on the TV, but I'm not just going to sit down and watch it. It's like one of those things as to I'm getting ready, I'm, like, walking through the living room, doing this and that, and it's just on the TV, and I get a glimpse of it. No, I'm full on uh, laying on the couch, watching, <laughs> and when I have to go to the bathroom, make sure it's in between commercial breaks. Uh, no, you're treating like a sporting event. What is wrong with you? You're watching inflatables. <laughs> you just get to, you go get to, through a no, rope. you get to watch Al Roker, which is electric. You don't even get to see Al Roker. You do this year. Hey, the West, last year, the dog show is better than the. The dog parade. show is a million times better. Dog show slaps, by the way. It does. Yes, the parade doesn't. No, the parade rocks. Okay, first off, hot take: parades are dumb in the first place. No. Yes. No. Yeah. no what about the championship parades that sports teams do? Did you see the Atlanta one? The bus driver was going 45. No one could hey, see anything. Hey, my man did not get out of regular Atlanta mode. He just saw an open road and took his time. <laughs> I would have done the same thing. <laughs> if I would have seen an open Peachtree with no red lights, I would have also floored it. <laughs> I mean, you've got to at least one time. <laughs> just to life. say you did it yeah. once, right? No. The parade rocks, and it's that simple. I love the parade. You're outnumbered here, man. So what's your favorite like, inflatable? Inflatable? Whatever they're called. Ooh. Give it. Give us the breakdown on why you like the parade. Well, why? First off, why we should Snoopy, watch the parade? The big Snoopy's the big, pretty sick. I think that's like the one like it's most notable for. Yeah. I don't know. Why do I like the parade? Yeah. Tell us why you like. It's the an, parade. You get live performances like high school bands. Kids live the, live their entire lives for these moments. You know. And what then a boring life. There is no emotion on Jake's <laughs> face. It's fun. It's a family tradition in my household. Oh, don't get me wrong. It isn't mine too. But I abhor that tradition. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to t- retract your statement since my parents are getting your lunch later today. My mom's a huge parade person. Miss Tar, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
moving on from the parade, which rocks, by the way. <laughs> Let's move into Auburn versus South Carolina. It's going to be TJ Finley at the helm of the Auburn offense. Not quite sure what the receiving core is going to look like with potential injuries to, uh, to Kobe Hudson and Demetrius Robertson. Kicking game is going to be different. Who's our who's Auburn's kicker this week? Who do we have lined up? Ben Patton. Ben Patton. Ben Patton. That's right. Okay. I knew it was Patton. Could not remember the first name. Should have just gone with the most generic name I could have came up with. <laughs> General. Yeah. Going to be a different look for Auburn this week. Dylan just told us we're going into the break. Uh, apparently, Zeb is not going to be starting. Zeb Nolan is not going to be starting at USC, correct? Correct. Zeb got hurt. It's not going to be Luke Doty either. He's also hurt. It's uh, Jackson Brown, I believe. It's actually just Shane Beamer suited up as a quarterback. I would not be shocked by that either. It's the battle point. of the backup quarterback. <laughs> the battle of the backup. The backup quarterback bowl. It sounds good. I'm that might be my headline this weekend. Ooh. <laughs> they have not had Zeb Nolan a quarterback for three games, I think. That stinks. Uh, Jackson Brown's the one that clobbered Florida. Yes. Uh, before we can get into anything, also it is sad that Zeb Nolan's not starting this weekend because his story is fun. But before we can get into the game, we, we have to understand who we're who we're playing, right? Yeah, you gotta of get course. to know him. So I think that what we should do right now is um, we should tell all of our listeners, ladies and gentlemen, get ready for get to know the foe with Thomas Lynn Murphy. You know. Y'all should be thankful because this week we actually don't have any dead animals or people that live under the stadium. Let's get some claps for that, guys. Thank goodness. For the first time in like three weeks. So okay, wait, before you start real quick, yeah. can we just say your intro to that has gotten stronger and stronger every week, and I'm all for it. Oh, it's by the, by the end of the semester, I'm going to be screaming into the mic. Oh, we can hear you way out there. Perfect. That's how it should be. <laughs> Good. Everyone, everyone needs to hear it. But, but continue, Thomas. So South Carolina is actually kind of boring compared to other schools when it comes to their fun facts. Boring. They boring. cluck. Boring. But so how they got the name the Gamecocks is referred. Oh, please tell me. It's referred to uh, in honor of Revolutionary War hero Thomas Supner. Oh, that tracks. The that s- tracks. Yep, the I senator was called that. the Carolina Gamecock for his fierce fighting style, and there's a street named after him that runs through South Carolina's <laughs> what? campus. Look, I'm a sucker for Revolutionary War history, so I'm all for that. Okay. <laughs> and we only have one other one, other than they do play Sandstorm before every game, and uh, y'all all need to send me videos because that's one of my favorite traditions okay. ever. I, I love I it. I thought that so was just thing. No, that's yeah. Inner Sandman. That's Inner Sandman, even better. Too much sand. There's a lot of sand <laughs> flying around. Sands, yeah. yeah. So their other thing they are somewhat known for is they have – Kind of a mystery uh, tradition. It's uh, called Chicken Finger Wednesday. Uh, All the students flock to the dining halls each Wednesday to participate in Chicken Finger Wednesday. And it's not all about the food. It's about fellowship and time they get to spend with each other. But imagine every Wednesday going to the dining halls and eating chicken. That's sick, though. That's like like in high school. I want want to go to South Carolina now. (laughs) Yes. It's like in high school where we had pizza every Thursday. We had pizza every day in high school. Well, we I, it to, yeah. I eat Chick-fil-A and Panda every week, so I mean, it's not much different. You're gonna I mean, turn me, me, a and, me and Till have had a Wednesday night routine this whole yeah, semester. We we've had Chick-fil-A. So. Me, you, and Tank literally have a group chat called Panda, Panda, Panda. We do. A callback to the greatest song to ever grace our ears. Not actually. I'm so glad it died. Before we get our whole five minutes of preview in now at this point. Uh, I did get a great text from my mother who is listening to the show 
at her hair salon with everyone else listening <laughs> alongside. So to the people of Walnut Grove, Georgia, welcome to Weagle 91.1 FM. And they all told me that I need to let y'all know that everyone is on my mom and I's side and that the parade rocks. Oh, God. What's up with all y'all getting like, haircuts today? Big it's salon. It's the time of the year. It's right. that time of the year. It's, we're about to go into Thanksgiving. Everyone needs to get their hair cut for the family photos, you know. Not going to lie. Special I think occasions I'm that are when I coming back home. <laughs> <laughs> Big haircut week. Okay. Yeah. So, for our UGA fans listening, uh, welcome to TNT in the morning. And you're probably not going to be interested in anything we're about to talk about. But thanks for the ride. Glad you're along with us. Preview of South Carolina. And we're we're gonna get to our projections at the end of the at the end of the at the end of the block per usual. You guys are familiar. I don't have to tell you all this, just so y'all make sure not to give away your picks. Thoughts on how big of a challenge is it for Mike Bobo this week? I mean, how much is it? How much? How difficult is it tailoring to T.J. Finley when you don't really know what your personnel? I guess he knows what the personnel looks like, but we don't know what the personnel looks like. I don't expect a whole lot to change this week in terms of personnel. Uh, I mean. He's been there for the full season. He's had time to sit through the system. First especially, team reps. Yeah, especially as a backup, too. You've you've had more time to get in depth into a lot of the stuff rather than Bo Nix, who's expected just to know it. You right. can kind of soak soak it in a little more. So, I mean, it shouldn't be too crazy of a step up for him. I mean, we saw what he did, you know, in spurts this season. Right. More reasonably the Georgia State game, obviously. Um, but it, it shouldn't be that, that big of a change in terms of the style of offense. Probably a little less quarterback running, but other than that. Tank, you're a resident scout, Emma, and you can answer, you can follow that question up. But I got a question for you specifically. All right. How does Auburn take care of South Carolina this weekend? What 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 do the focuses need to be? And I'll let you call back to that TJ Finley question. But this is one you're our resident football the outstanding f- scout. <laughs> the focus should be as so South Carolina's on their third string quarterback. They're relying a lot on that run game. Kevin Harris, Marshawn Lloyd, and Zaquandre White are a pretty good running back trio. Auburn's going to have to not rush three because they're going to be running the ball a good bit. Uh, I think a key for Auburn to for offensively is the you need to keep T.J. Finley's legs still, still as much as you can. He does not need to do what Bo Nix does unless he's running upfield. On he, a design run. Oh, yeah. That little loop-de-loop he tried to do against Mississippi State is not, is not his forte. He's not as fast as Bo. He's not as athletic as Bo. Jake's getting upset, it looks like, over there about that play because it was probably one of the worst plays I've ever watched a quarterback do. I hate when he when Bo Nix does that. Yeah. I hate so when he gets much. away with it. I hate when he gets yes. away with it. But T.J. Finley has came out and said that he's been preparing as a starter all year. He will put that to the test. We know what happens when Auburn players talk some crap or try to get a little cocky in the, uh, in the press conferences. So I thought I thought TJ did well this week in his press conference. I thought that he answered every question the way you should. He did. And him saying I've been taking you know reps and preparing as if I was a starter every week. I felt like that was just kind of like not coach talk, player talk. Yeah. Like you know I've done my job, and I've no I, we have no reason to believe he's not done his job. Yeah. I he's filled his role. I have PTSD it's, from Spoke Monday doing it every week. I would say it sounds very similar to the the introductory press conference Cam Newton gave, where it's like you got to stay ready in order to be ready, so you don't have to get ready or whatever. Yeah. Like it's that whole kind of same line of thought. Thomas Lynn, keys for the Tigers this week in terms of I've, we've asked about how do we take care of the Gamecocks. We've talked about getting ready for TJ Finley. You can call back on either one of those. But Auburn needs to fix a lot of things about itself. Yeah, you got to fix a lot of things. One's the defense. I want to see us rush four. Um, 
It's a big game for Mike Bobo, though. You don't have your starting quarterback, so play calling is going to be of the utmost importance. It's also kind of the Mike Bobo Bowl. It is. It is the Mike Bobo Bowl. And Auburn's going to have to run the ball. And I think the biggest thing is turnovers. Auburn's got to win the turnover battle. They have to force South Carolina into turnovers. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but Auburn didn't force any turnovers against Mississippi State. Not a single one. Not one. When was the last time they forced a turnover? Mm. Ole Miss. A&M, though? Oh, yeah, no, they did against Ole Miss. Yeah, for sure. I Ole forgot about the Jones and some pick. Okay. There you go. Uh, one thing I'd like to add before we go step away for a two-minute PSA break. Brian Harson, Mike Bobo, uh, Derek Mason, go down the list uh, on the Auburn coaching staff. Not being critical before I say this. Don't outcoach yourself this week. I think there was, there was a level of outcoaching themselves last week. And you can't – I mean, if you're if, if if it stands out to me last week when Auburn goes for this punt, fake punt, on what fourth and eight, yeah, fourth it was, and seven, it was question. It was one of those situations too, and where you, go you got your a, punt team out there, and the other team like knows like they could fake this, so you're preparing for it. I I just I have a lot of questions about where the logic is in that. If you're gonna go for it on fourth down, just go for it. Exactly. Set up. They saw set LSU do it last week against Bama, and it worked. Yeah. Well, it didn't work this week. No. Um, really don't outcoach yourself. Work. Don't overthink things. We're talking about Auburn versus University of South Carolina, the Gamecocks. That game will be played at 6 p.m. Central William Bryce Stadium on Saturday on ESPN? ESPN. Yeah. So we're going to keep talking a little bit about that, but we're mostly going to slide over to our SEC news around the league once we get back from the two-minute PSA break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to TNT on the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. It's time for the final block right here on TNT in the morning. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr, joined by Thomas Lynn Murphy. It's your boy, The Tank, on Twitter. That's Dylan Lark and Jake Gonzalez. We talked before the break about Auburn versus the University of South Carolina. Big game this weekend for the Tigers, much bigger than a lot of people thought it would wind up being. Now at this point, it's the battle for the bowl bids. Um, although I've still not ruled out the possibility of South Carolina taking down Clemson, because this if there was ever a year to do it, this is probably the year. Takeaways from around the SEC this past week, guys. I've got a couple on my mind, and we'll try not to spend too long because we want to get to the SEC pickums. But I'll, if you guys have anything to add afterwards, by all means, go right ahead. So, first and foremost, Ole Miss is still a very good football team. Um, they, they took down number 11, Texas A&M, 29-19. That game was in Oxford. We got to see Lee Corso wearing a bow tie. Lane Kiffin was the celebrity kicker on – not kicker, picker, excuse me. Celebrity picker on college game day. It didn't make sense. It was weird. The Rebs had fun. Thoughts on the possibilities of Ole Miss at the end of this year rolling into next year? I like to think that maybe we just overrated A&M a little bit. I'm not uber high on Ole Miss right now, and I think that A&M maybe just was not as good as we think they are. That's really good at preparing for teams weeks and ahead, weeks ahead of when they play. Okay. My my thought process on it is if Auburn can beat Ole Miss, and honestly they kind of beat them handedly, even though the, the score is pretty close, but they they were controlled that entire game. If Auburn can beat Ole Miss like that, they should have been able to take care of business against A&M and Mississippi State, and Auburn should be the third-best team in the SEC this year. But now they sit, what, six? Shoulda, coulda, woulda, but didn't, right? Yep. Jake, Tennessee kind of got thumped by Georgia 41-17, to but also I, I'd like to make a point. 
Thoughts on I think I think maybe maybe Hypel's got this team course corrected. They look kind of competent now. Oh yeah. Like I can't what game was it? Um I want to say I don't know if it was a Kentucky game, but it was a couple it was like a game the old miss game then when they golf the whole, ball game. The golf ball game, <laughs> mustard bottle game, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's when I was like, all right, maybe this team's like not that bad. Like they're putting up points, they're competing, they're not getting blown out of the water right away. Maybe this team's heading in the right direction and I'm all aboard the train in Tennessee now. I love me some volunteers. Defense needs some work. With the yeah. offense, we knew that. where they need to be. Yeah. We knew where the, de- the defense was in Offense the is way ahead of schedule. That's good for Heupel. But that, that's um, kind of what was expected with Heupel, was the offense should have been clicking because he is an offensive coach. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they put 24 up against Alabama. Yeah. Thomas Lynn, are you ready to retract your statement about Josh Heupel being the wrong hire at, at uh, Tennessee yet? Still no. <laughs> okay. No. I just, I, was, I just thought I would ask. Just thought I would ask. Um, let's take some steps around the – SEC, um, we don't necessarily have to any other SEC news other than we were talking before we went on the air. little Kiffin to Miami rumors. And the Lincoln-Riley. Lincoln-Riley to LSU. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Lincoln-Riley would go to LSU even though that contract is crazy, all that money. I think Lincoln-Riley is just a matter of time before he's out on the Cowboys coaching staff. I think that's just what he's waiting on. I think LSU is probably the prime opportunity to do that. I think Oklahoma's going on a downward slope right now. As they skid into the SEC. Exactly. Yeah. So it's really funny. Them and Texas both on a little downward trend. Spiral. But I do and think if Lane Kiffin does go to LSU, he is bringing Caleb Williams with him. Yes, maybe. Probably not. I do see. I want. I do want to wonder where Spencer Rattler goes. A lot of SEC teams are on his radar. Yeah. And he's not going pro this year. Oh, no. So I mean, he couldn't go pro this year. No draft stock. Well, not even that. No, he's eligible. He's, he's eligible. eligible. He's eligible. He's a Russian so- sophomore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Johnny Mads, that was a Russian sophomore whenever he left. As long as you're out of high school for three rules. years. So, like, Bo Nix. These rules are dumb. Yeah, very. There's a lot of uh, forgettable games this week um, in the SEC. Yes. A lot of forgettable games this week. Especially for the Dan entire, Mullen. The entire 11 a.m. slot. But, I I mean, I've got a, I've got a serious question uh, once we get to some of the other ones we'll, we'll talk about. Briefly, we'll give our picks because uh, I want to give everybody the opportunity to pick the way you want to pick. Um, you know, I may just go down the line, and I'm just going to push Bama, Arkansas, Florida, Missouri, Auburn, South Carolina to the bottom in that order. Does that work for you guys? Yeah. Yep. Start up at the top with Charleston Southern at the University of Georgia. This is an opportunity for Georgia to just continue to prove that they are just a really good football team. Give me the dogs by a lot. You know, I want the anarchy here. This is the one Georgia's one bad game of the year. College of Charleston. Let's go. It's Charleston okay. Southern, so oh, same thing. Whatever, give it to give them to me. Okay, <laughs> give me the dogs. Yeah, I'm taking Georgia on this one, Bob. Probably over forty. And since we've got some listeners in Walnut Grove, Georgia, let's go ahead and let them know that don't stress too much. We most of the people at this table think that Georgia's going to win the national. Oh, I absolutely like Georgia. Yeah. yeah, it's theirs to lose. It's absolutely yeah. the dogs to lose. And if they lose it, I will give them crap till I Come die. Come on, Cincy. <laughs> Excuse me. Number sixteen, Texas A and M is going to play host to Prairie View A and M. I honestly could see A and M struggling Ooh. in the first half. I don't see them losing. Obviously, A and M by something unimpressive like twenty-one. I agree. Yeah, hundred percent agree. That sounds like an A and M win. Definitely, it's definitely an A and M and M win this week. Mississippi State plays host to Tennessee State. Mississippi State snuck back into that top twenty-five with that win over Auburn. They're sitting at number twenty-five. And I think they'll win, but this also feels like a hilarious Mississippi State just barely wins by a score game. I agree. 
I think Mississippi State blows them out. I think Mississippi State blows them out. I, think I, I just air, air raid is going to be killer against it. I just I just game. think Mississippi State does does not like being ranked, so they're going to lose this week just for the sake of the <laughs> ranked, and they can be unranked. If they lose to Tennessee State after beating us, I'm going to be so mad. They want to be unranked going into the Egg Bowl so they can win. <laughs> Kentucky's going to play host to one of the worst programs in college football, New Mexico State. The also the Aggies, even though their logo is a cowboy, very confusing. Um, Bob Stoops isn't coaching for his job. But Kentucky's remarkably unforgettable now. Mark Stoops? Uh, Bob Stoops, sorry. Mark, I say Bob? You yeah, said Bob. I'm sorry. Mark Stoops, I apologize. My fault, guys. I'm, I apologize to our listeners. Mark Stoops is not coaching for his job, but also, like, this, he needs to make this a statement win. Give me the cast by 20-plus. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty simple choice there. Yep. Go big blue. Cat's easy. Yeah. Word. Let's see here. South Alabama. Local in-state team. Maybe some folks from South Alabama listening to Weagle 91.1 FM. You never know. Maybe some South Alabama fans. They're going to travel to Knoxville this weekend, take on Tennessee, 630 Eastern on ESPNU. So that's how bad the games are this week. <laughs> um, give me the Vols. Give me the Vols by a lot. You know, I got, I got some friends that go to, to South Alabama. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with the Jags in this one. Roll just, with the just, Jags? Just for the hard Jake Bentley, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jake yeah. Bentley versus Hendon Hooker. I'm for six <laughs> touchdowns. I've got Tennessee on this it's, one. It's the heart pick for me. I got to go there. <laughs> That's fair. UL Monroe is going to travel to Baton Rouge, Louisiana for a late kickoff. 8 o'clock on ESPN2. Man, the games are really bad this week. Oh, um, yeah. Ed Orgeron has two games left, both home games. In a bowl game. Do they have a chance to get a bowl game? I think they'll make a bowl game. I think they're almost. They're not in the. They they're four? not in the they're, tie. They're four, right? They yeah, have four, four wins. Right? They're four and six. Four wins. So, so they, they have win to win out. They'd have to win out. They beat A and M. Orgeron will take care of business this week. Don't rule out them winning next week. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, LSU. Think we sounds like an Ed Orgeron thing to do. Yeah. Here's a fun game. Vanderbilt travels to Oxford, Mississippi, to take on the Running Rebs, Land Shark, Grizzly Bear, Rebels. Who knows what they are? <laughs> Powder Blue, Beautifuls. And I think Vanderbilt will finally this week give up 15 touchdowns. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Ole Miss by a, a, a zillion. My heart really wants to have Vanderbilt win one of these games just for the <laughs> right? sake of it happening and just chaos ensuing. But Ole Miss is, is going to win this game still. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. Hotty, little, hotty. little does Vanderbilt know that everybody's like low-key cheering for them to upset <laughs> every team. No, they, they know. They're the lovable losers of the SEC, and everyone I, I root win. for them every week. Speaking of that, everybody needs to go watch SEC Shorts video of last <laughs> week. It is amazing. Hilarious. They do such a great job with those videos. Great job with those. Moving on to actually important games. We're going to start with Florida traveling to Columbia, Missouri. Take on the Tigers. Dan Mullen loses this game. He's fired on Sunday, right? You would He's think so. Uh, they'll wait till the end of the year. He's fired on Saturday night. Give me the Tigers. I'm taking. Give me Mizzou confidently. I'm taking Mizzou. I also like Mizzou in this game. I'm taking Mizzou, Mizzou but close. Yeah, I didn't say it was a blowout. Oh, I yeah. just I feel good about. I got. I, I like. Gotta and this uh, is this is the nail in Dan Mullen's coffin, is, right? Wait, this is in. Oh yeah. Uh, Missouri, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Definitely give me Missouri. This is in Columbia. You know what? <laughs> I'm just going to take Florida because of it. Okay. It feels right, like yeah. a Dan Mullen type thing yeah. to do, and I don't like all four of us saying Mizzou. So I'm I was just about to say, gonna, yeah, thank you, I'm sir. We don't, get, uh, we don't get on the thank freezing you. cold. Gator takes. fans, you're welcome If uh, for when Mizzou wins this weekend now, and y'all fire Dan Mullen because Thomas Lynn Murphy made sure to pick for you Fire Dan yes. Mullen anyways. It, that's going to happen regardless. Number 21, Arkansas. They have an opportunity this weekend. 
when they travel to Bryant-Denny Stadium, take on number two Alabama Crimson Tide. Game's going to be the 2:30 CBS game. I think it should oh, yeah. be. It this is, is the, yeah. probably the best game in the SC. This is the best game in the SC in the week. By far. Who do we like in this one, guys? We'll start with Thomas Lane. Go the other way around. Uh, so the line is Bama 20 and a half. Uh, Bama's going to cover that and win by over 20. I love I love the Razorbacks. Love them to death. Woo pigs through all the way, but it's Bama, and Bama if they win if Bama wins this game they claim the SEC West. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's Saban and an elimination type game. Give me Saban. First off, what was the spread again? What was it twenty eight and a half? Twenty point five. Twenty point five over under a fifty eight and a half. That's a that's a very large spread. So I would not bet against or bet on Alabama to cover that spread. I would. Um, but Alabama has looked very very beatable this they year in a lot of games. So I'm going with Sam Pittman and those Razorbacks. And still rooting for that six-way tie in the SEC West. Something's coming up here because Harrison just stood up. So I've I, stood up out of my seat for this pick because I'm hopping back into my seat on the bus of the Arkansas Razorback wagon. Let's go. Woo pig, Suey, taking down the tide in Tuscaloosa. This is going to age so poorly. But I'm riding with Arkansas this week. And I just had to make a point. We're running short on time here. I mean, I don't even know. There's no show behind us. It's Thanksgiving break. We'll be fine. If Grayson Moyer or J.P. Williams is listening, I did not just say that. Um, (laughs) Please don't take my show away from me. Uh, Anyways, final game of the block. We'll talk about it, then we'll go off the air. It'll be okay. Um, Auburn's going to travel to South Carolina, Columbia, 6 o'clock kickoff. That's Central Time on ESPN. And it's time for our scores and our projections. And I got a really bad feeling if you're listening to this in Auburn, Alabama, you are not going to like what you're about to hear. Thomas Lynn starts off. <laughs> yep. And you started off with me. I'm going Mississippi State 17 to 13. Mississippi State Mississippi played State. last week. <laughs> All right. South Carolina, whatever. 17 Same thing. Everybody's freaking maroon in the SEC. <laughs> I'm going to go. I picked South Carolina on my own show. I thought about it a little bit and saw how South Carolina played last week against Missouri and their loss. I'm going to go Auburn. 20 to 17. Honestly, beginning of this week after the Bo Nix news, I was a little scared. I can't lie. But as this week has progressed, I, I'm confident Auburn will get the win. It will be close, but it'll, it'll get the win. I'll probably go 24 17, something like that. So the ball's in my court to make this the show majority Auburn, right? Yes. Because we've got two to one two Auburn picks, one South Carolina pick. So what I'm going to do, just to make things really confusing for our fans, is I'm going to ride with South Carolina, and I'm going to take them by two touchdowns. I'm going to take them by 31-17. Why two touchdowns? Breaks, I mean, the wheels on the bus have fallen off. All right. It's a big game for Brian Harson too. Uh, South Carolina even Very got big. a double-digit win this There's year. first time so. for everything, my friend. Yes, Florida. Oh, yeah. True. <laughs> and tell me Auburn's that much better than Florida. You can't. I'm going to cut I you can. off. You don't have time. I, will. I can. We are Auburn's going off the air Florida. now. Thank you for tuning in to TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr, joined by Thomas Lynn Murphy, Dylan Lark, and Jake Gonzalez. We'll see you guys back here, same place, same time next week. Have a great Thanksgiving. 
On behalf of myself and my co-host, Harrison Tarr, thanks for listening to TNT in the Mornings on Weagle 91.1 FM. Make sure to catch us next week and follow us on Twitter at TNT underscore W-E-G-L-A-U. That's at TNT underscore W-E-G-L-A-U. And check out more content from the station at W-E-G-L underscore A-U.